Now streaming only on Disney+. Plus. My name is Taylor. Welcome to the Eras Tour. Experience Taylor Swift's record-breaking Eras Tour. Swift, the Eras Tour, Taylor's version, with four additional acoustic songs. Now streaming only on Disney+. Plus. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another Pulp podcast. Uh, pulp movie podcast. Yeah, that's what, that's what this is. This is this is a Pulp movie. Uh, we're talking about the, what is it, 1992 Buddy Cop loosely fits in that genre. Stop or my mom will shoot. It stars Sylvester Stallone. You know him, you love him, he's Rocky, he's Cobra, he's Cliffhanger, he's the Demolition Man. He is a 3C certified badass on the patented bald move badass scale. He co-stars with Estelle Getty, who people, everyone apparently, because this is fucking Millennial's favorite sitcom, uh, Sophia Mm -hmm. from the Golden Girls. Joe Beth Williams, she's the mom from Poltergeist, she's also in The Big Chill. Roger Rees is a famous British stage actor who I only know as the Sheriff of Nottingham from Robin Robin Hood Men in Tights. Yeah, boy, he's so distinctive. I immediately (laughs) recognized him. He really is. Martin Ferrero, he's the lawyer that the T-Rex snacks right off the John in Jurassic Park. Ving Rhames, babyface Ving Rhames, pre-Pulp Fiction, pre-Mission Impossible, shows up as a minor gangster in this movie. And Richard Schiff, he's Toby from the West Wing. Uh, these people will all go on to bigger and better things, except for arguably Sylvester Stallone. Did this? Did, did Sylvester? Did he peak in the eighties, seventies, and eighties? Uh, with minor blips after that. Like I, I think he's done some good work. Uh, after the eighties, but sure, I would say so. Yeah, I guess you could. I mean, I'm talking about box like almost office, the seventies. I, I mean, my God. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I guess most of the Rockies are in the 80s. So uh, creatively uh, award winning type stuff. He might have peaked. Uh, this was commissioned by Dr. DeVito, Dr. DeVito, long term bald move fan, uh, Lego aficionado. He says there is no real feedback I can give on this piece of shit. After hearing some of the bald movers really enjoy the Stallone impressions on over the top combined with the recent announcement that you didn't want to do commissions of bad movies that might not turn out well for the commissioner. Combined with the fabulous badass film festival, an idea coalesced. What if your favorite badasses just make bad movies? This one sprang to mind as arguably the worst movie ever made by a badass. So, as a gift to the bald move community, and hopefully you guys as hosts enjoy this piece of shit. Nothing you can say about it could possibly hurt my feelings in any way. It's completely guilt-free opportunity nice. to just rip it to shreds. The only, the only notable thing that stands out to me about it are the clip below of Arnold bragging about how he tricks Stallone into doing it, the underwear scene, quote-unquote, and how unbelievably terrible the musical score is on top of the terrible movie itself. Dr. DeVito, thank you. We'll we'll take it from here. Uh, I, the worst badass film, boy, Masters of the Universe is pretty fucking bad. <laughs> I was writing that in my notes as you said it. Yeah, it's <laughs> like, but it's in rarefied atmosphere. Now, now, Arnold did some turds, too. Um, oh, there's, yeah. There's no fucking way Junior holds up, right? Arnold getting pregnant. It can't. I imagine Kindergarten Cop is a huge piece of shit, too. If Man, you, I don't you, people people talk like that's actually good. The only Twins thing I remember good. about that movie is it's not the Tuma, that that thing. 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, Jingle All the Way is not fun on its own. It's fun in like context. And I guess Mm -hmm. that's the thing about this movie. I remember watching this. I remember renting this movie and and watching it on family movie night and being excited because, you know, this was kind of this was just, I think, at the very tail end of the Golden Girls run. So Estelle Getty was like super famous and Sylvester mm-hmm. Stallone, you know, uh, had just gotten off this tear of badass runs in the 80s. And 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 Arnold was kind of leading the way of doing comedies. And this looked like the I thought the trailer looked really funny. I was looking forward to watching this. And then like Estelle looks like she's 55 years old in this movie. She 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 they look like she looks like she they've ran a digital de-aging pass. I guess she just wasn't that old in Golden Girls. Yeah, it looks like they aged her up in Golden Girls. They aged her up so she could be Dorothy's mom. Uh, uh, and they dyed she's her got hair like, in this. So. She's just bright red yeah. hair. And it's just it just got awful. It wasn't funny. Our family is just like, mm-hmm. oh, my God, why would anyone why would Sly Stallone do this thing? Um, Some 30 years later, I'm watching this and I actually laugh pretty hard during a lot of the scenes be, just now because now I'm a grown ass adult realizing that this Stallone got manipulated in doing this film and it's just got some things that I think think would be particularly embarrassing for him. <laughs> yeah, maybe and we should I s- set the stage with that conversation about like the rivalry and how Stallone came to to accept this movie because it's going to color everything that comes after it, I think. Why don't, well, yeah, why don't we why, why don't you lead off with that? What what is the legend behind this film? De, uh, Dr. DeVito alluded to it uh, in my research. This is a, a, the most well attested to Hollywood legend. Both principals agree to the basics of the story. What, yeah, yeah. What, what happened here, Jim? Well, if you don't remember back in the 80s, 90s, um, there were two main badasses in Hollywood that everybody went to uh, when they needed a big beefy dude for their movie. So Arnold Schwarzenegger was Sylvester Stallone. Why and would you accept guys, anything less than a certified 3C right. <laughs> bald move, badass physical champion? Why? Why would Only you? if they were both busy. Uh, <laughs> and then you go to Dolph Lundgren, I guess. Um, or Van Damme. Or Jean-Claude Van Damme. Yeah. Yep, yep. And if you're really desperate, Steven Seagal. Yeah, uh, <laughs> in, the, in the early 90s, Seagal was an option. That's true. That's uh-huh. true. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they, they had a rivalry and Schwarzenegger got this script on his desk and he read this thing and he was like, God, this is a huge piece of shit. Uh, <laughs> what, what a terrible movie uh, script. And he thought, hmm, how can I use this? This is an opportunity. And he decided he was going to put the rumor out there in the, the tabloids and the papers that he was going to accept the role on this script. And and I guess it's technically true that he would have. But what his plan was to just ask for an exorbitant amount of money, just extortionist yeah. uh, levels of, of pay so they would never accept it. And he knew that by putting his his name out there for this role Sly would want to come in and try and steal the role out from under him. And so that's exactly what Sly did. He went to the production and said, yeah, I want to do this film. And he was he was quoting a reasonable rate, (laughs) unlike Arnold. And so they went with him and Arnold never had any intention of actually doing this movie. Yeah. And 
the obviously so I, I saw a Jimmy Kimmel interview where where Schwarzenegger was telling the story and the obvious relish he gets from telling it even now. Uh, you know, it's just like, oh, I saw this movie. It's such a, it's a big piece of shit. I knew it go straight into the toilet. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's so funny to hear him tell this. And I guess, again, Stallone essentially admits the basic truth of the, the movie. Now, Stallone yeah. defends himself and says that this was originally written as more of a dark black comedy along the lines of throw mama from the train. And the mother was like a real caustic, you know, Tony Soprano's mom type of narcissist manipulator that you just really fucking hate. Mm-hmm. But it was seen as a giant git when they got Estelle, you know, hot off of the, you know, superstardom. I'm not even joking. Get, you know, uh, the Golden oh, Girls are yeah. huge in their day. They're still huge now. Mm-hmm. Uh, hot off of that, they got him like, well, she's just way too nice. They're not going to want to. You're not going to want to throw this mama from the train. So they like <laughs> bent the movie into like a more genteel direction and a little bit more, I guess, family friendly. But I don't know. That might be a big cope. Yeah, I look at the careers of the people who wrote this movie, and it doesn't uh-huh. say they were going for something dark and subversive with this mom. It, it says to me that they wrote this script exactly as is. Oh, I forgot to do my normal shtick because I wanted to lead off with the the badass part of it. But you're right. This is written by Bla- a, a three writer committee. Uh, William Osborne, who wrote Twins, a decent meathead, badass <laughs> okay. comedy. I like Golden the premise Eye. for that a little bit. Sure. Goldeneye, the best of the, the Pierce era uh, oh, bonds. Yeah. William Davies, who wrote, uh, has has had very shit. Like, it's just, it's just a, it's just a fucking, I don't know, uh, dark ride of shit. It's, it's such, it's a love canal of shit that he's written. Except for he's had success with children's film, How to Train Your Dragon and Puss in Boots. Okay. I've seen How you t- okay. to Train Your Dragon. It's pretty good. And, I, you know, I've heard the Puss in Boots this stuff is not bad. I've seen Blake it. Snyder, any Hollywood, any aspiring Hollywood film writer has heard of Blake Snyder because he's written the most famous book on script writing, Save the Cat. Jesus Christ. So many people cite this, and like, there's also sometimes snidely citing is like, "Oh yeah, read Blake Snyder's <laughs> book if you want to know how to write a movie." Like, why would you cite or... this? Did, all you have to do is look at his IMDb page and know that he has nothing to offer <laughs> in that book. His other three movies that he's written in his entire career, spanning from 1992 to 1994, is "Stop or My Mom Will Shoot," "Kids Incorporated," and "Blank Check." Now, Kids Incorporated was a fucking banger. On is it? I haven't seen. That's the one I haven't television. seen. No, Boy it was, Check it was is another a, piece of shit. Yeah, I mean, it I was a kids being fantasy, a, but like, I can't imagine being a writer on Kids Inc. It was essentially like American Bandstand for kids with like a Power Rangers type plot written through it weekly. Anyway, oh weird. I mean, I See, guess it just I mean, goes to are, show these that are not you like can, towering works, you know. Right. But it must show that like those who can't do teach because, again, this guy is like this is the fucking Bible in Hollywood, apparently. Um, Yeah. But 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 yeah, like I I can't imagine I can't look at the script and squint and be like, oh, yeah, I can definitely see where they pulled their punches here. It's just got bizarre thing after bizarre thing in it. Mm -hmm. Um, The music is god awful. Yeah, we've talked about. Yeah, we've talked about terrible chase music in badass films before there's been a mm-hmm. lot of unfortunate experiments with steel drums yeah um yeah. It's, it's a terrible synthesizer and saxophone 
I don't even know what the hell they're doing. Kind of like woodwind based jazz. Uh huh. Through a lot of this with a little bit of circus music mixed in when Estelle gets behind the wheel and starts chasing criminals. Like, yeah. Wow. I don't know. No, I music isn't good. I, I thought that. Um, so so this 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 Arnold this I think it's a big cope. I think Arnold totally did the crime of the century here. I don't think this thing ever had any artistic merit. And I was delighted because I saw this uh, when I was doing research. I was on Wikipedia, of course, which we start. And I saw, you know, this well-attested to legend that uh, Arnold tricked him into. But I saw his blue hyperlinked. And I and I clicked it. Mm. And it led to a new brand new Wikipedia article. It's been written in the last year called Schwarzenegger-Stallone Rivalry. All right. And it's a chronicle, chronological listing of all the shit these guys have done to each other over the course of 20 years. Uh, can we do some highlights here? Oh, I would love to hear him. We'll be right back with more Bald Move after this brief pause. And now, back with more Bald Move. Um, so I guess it started. How, how early do you think this started, Jim, this rivalry? What year, uh, if you were to guess? Let's see. I want to say it was the year... Uh, well, I was going to say Terminator 2, but that's pretty late. How about the, the two years after Terminator 1, which have been like 82, 84? I can't remember. I think Terminator came out in 84, didn't it? Uh, yes, it did. So 86. That's what I'm going to say. Uh... The two actors first met each other at the 1977 Golden Globe ceremony, where what? Stallone has been nominated for the Best Actor, while Schwarzenegger was nominated for New Star of the Year. This is crazy. What the hell did he get that for? Hercules in New York? <laughs> Dur- due to an event in the ceremony, Stallone allegedly threw a bowl of flowers at Schwarzenegger. Stallone later spoke at an interview in Variety saying that Schwarzenegger laughed at him when he lost the award to Schwarzenegger. He said that from that moment, even in our DNA, we hated each other. So, wow. Um, there's a whole bunch of just petty shit here because like, apparently they fought. They like tried to one up, you know, in their scripts. They tried to make sure that they were killing more people with bigger guns, bigger knives. There is surprise and, and uh, uh, Schwarzenegger leaked into the press that Stallone used body doubles for his close-ups because <laughs> okay. he wasn't really that big he and he wasn't fit. really that pumped. Uh, um, I mean, and hey, it's Mr. Universe saying it. So That's true. That's true. I and mean, like, if I Stallone is like, you know, you don't, I, you can't, but I, I, you can't keep up with Arnold, mm-hmm. but also it must really piss you off if you're like working so hard to get ripped and shredded. <laughs> and he's like, oh no, he uses the body doubles. He's got no pump. All right. <laughs> um so they but then, then things get really wild and petty. So Stallone marries Bridget Nielsen, his Cobra mm-hmm. co-star, famously, who rumors have it had a fling earlier with Schwarzenegger during the filming of Red Sonia. Hmm. Okay. Um one rumor states that uh Stallone hooked up with Nielsen when she sent him a nudie photo, presumably a pol- Polaroid, because they didn't have phone cameras back in the day. Right. Uh, but Schwarzenegger said that he actually set the two up to get rid of Nielsen, who was too wild to be in his life since he was settling down with Mariva Shriver. You know, then, that strikes me as a possibility. She seems wild. Then in 1988, uh, St- Stallone secretly leaked to this uh, journalist, Wendy Lay, that 
Schwarzenegger was a closet Hitler lover with fervent Nazi and anti-Semitic views. His father, Gustav, the article <laughs> alleges, Christ. was personally responsible for rounding up Jews to put them in concentration camps. The wow. source for this turned out to be Stallone. And it's true that Arnold's dad, his Austrian father, had ties to the Nazi party, which is bad enough. Uh, of mm-hmm. course, Arnold was born like two years after the Nazi regime collapsed. But like that his dad's a Jew hunter. Holy shit. <laughs> They're talking the about their each other's wives. They're talking about each other's pappies. Um, it's <laughs> yeah. crazy. Uh, later in that same year, um, Stallone was in a nightclub, saw a picture, one of those pictures that every, you know, everyone has their headshots on the wall sign, saw uh, Schwarzenegger's headshot up there, the signature demanded to be taken down, or he's going to walk out and never come back. Like, mm. petty, petty shit. And oh, it led yeah. to, in 1992, <laughs> Stallone making this film. Oh, Some where do we begin? stuff, too, man. God, that's, that's, yeah. uh, Yeah. <laughs> That's a little far calling your dad a Jew hunter. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, oh, also Stallone was quoted when he read the article that this woman wrote, uh, wrote uh, based on his. And he also alleged that uh, Arnold's a steroid abuser, which fair enough. Does anyone still believe that Arnold is natty? Really? Was he the only guy? Um, guy. But he read it and he said, what was the quote? Let me see the quote. He said he he told the reporter he called her up and said, "Honey, reading this was better than getting four blowjobs," according to the reporter. Which, oh, okay. I don't know. I feel like the what I about feel five? Like, Where's the well, line? I guess four was the line. Yeah, yeah, they'd have to. I don't know. Uh, what 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 would be a five blowjob rumor that you could start about Arnold <laughs> right. that would get taken to the, the press? Uh-huh. Uh Anyway, um. Where do we start with this movie? Uh, how about right at the beginning? There, there's a weird note to this at the very beginning that I thought was going to carry through in like a Pink Panther esque way, and it's that animation. That <laughs> oh happens. no! Yeah, that's exactly what, what they're that? going for, right? That was exactly I so. like a like a Pink Panther type animation. Um, but it's now animation it's just a title cards. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that was weird. Uh, and then they have this long opening shot on this bank downtown in this city, this unnamed city, I guess. I don't know for the credits. And they, they used to do this in every movie, but man, it bores me now. This is not an exciting way to open your film. No, no. And it's just standard cop stuff. Can we talk about Stallone's outfit? He has one outfit in this whole movie. Ooh, light pants, crazy shirt and a uh, corduroy jacket corduroy jacket and it's early 90s so it's about three sizes too big for him mm-hmm. all the clothes shoulder pads the, the, sh- the shirt the everything is just like poorly poorly tailored uh he looks sloppy and slovenly um and in the early goings of the film you see him he's at a bar late night and he's letting a phone ring for like 70 80 times he's counting the times and i'm thinking like back in the day that's psychotic behavior. If you're doing this to a mm-hmm. woman or anyone, really, this is some psychotic shit to like let the phone ring and ring and ring and ring. Oh, my God. And it turns out he's doing it to his mother 
because yeah. his shtick is every time she's going to come out and visit him for the last five years, right before she goes, he she gets there, he calls and says, Mom, it's a bad time. It's, uh, and he blows her off. So she's not letting him do that. But it sets up a funny situation because his <laughs> boss at the police station, he's a sergeant, she's a lieutenant, are having a covert affair. Mm-hmm. And this makes the lieutenant piss because she thinks he's chasing some other floozy. Yeah. Um, this movie is not even 90 minutes long. I think they could have spent a couple developing the relationship between Stallone, the Stallone and the lieutenant character, because I, for the life of me, do not understand what the hell. Like they, they talk many times of how this lieutenant is special, but like, right. She's just a she's just a woman, man. She's the mom from Poltergeist. That's her role. She wears uh-huh. a dress. People call her a lieutenant. Uh, she's got an inappropriate work relationship with Stallone that seems like on his side, very sexual on her side, very emotional. And Stallone doesn't want to be in it. But his mom's going to give him a speech about how you don't want to grow old, do you? And he's like, well, good enough for me. Like they're they do not serve this love, this relationship <laughs> at all. No, they really don't. And and it's not like they couldn't have used the extra runtime because the end of this movie is like four different endings to a movie. Yes. And and they could have taken a lot of that, at least 10 minutes of that and put it up front with a love story. And I would have understood at least why why he cared, why she cared, any of that. No, the movie and the fact the central plot, the movie barely cares about. Like you're it's something that like certainly Stallone doesn't. Um, There's a story where his mom accidentally saw a murder while she was buying illegal guns for reasons we're going to get into. And then to keep her out of trouble, Stallone kind of locks her at the police department. And while she's there, she goes through his old case files and turns out she's got these natural police skills and she's making connections and uh, like it like. I think Stallone just wants to kind of try to make it with the lieutenant and get his mom out of town. And he accidentally busts this giant weapons ring in L.A. I think it's L.A. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I think it's supposed to be. They they mentioned I think they mentioned the Ventura airstrip. So, yeah. Mm, mm-hmm. um, the thing is, this movie is one. This movie is one long joke. It's not a funny one. It's not a good joke. It's just the same joke over and over. It's. Your mom's in town and she's embarrassing you like yeah. that's it over yeah. and over for an hour and 27 minutes. And it's it, yeah, it's just garbage. Here, here's just, the jokes. Um, And like some of them are mm-hmm. funny initially, but they're just like just OK. So like Stallone goes to pick her up at the airport and, you know, this is pre 9-11. So everybody's waiting at the gates and everybody's coming off of the jetway. And you start seeing like the very first people getting off the plane are like, hey, this must be little Joey. And everybody's like making wry jokes about Stallone's like, oh, you must have grown or still pissing your pants. I mean, it's like pretty basic stuff. And, you know, here comes a gaggle of stewardesses in the middle is tiny, tiny Estelle Gettys. Is Gettys? Um, Getty. Oh, Getty. Estelle Getty. Uh, and she's got a fucking giant picture book and she's showing naked pictures of of baby Stallone. And he's like, oh, mama. And she's like, you know, has all this crap. But like they'll do that joke five more times. Like the next scene is Stallone's called to stop a suicide jumper. Uh-huh. And he gets that out there in the ledge with the guy. And 
you know, Stell's there in the bottom, and she gets a bullhorn, and she's like, you should, you know, you shouldn't jump just because you're a loser, my boy used to be, a, you know, just like all this shit, and he gets, she gets at the fucking photo album again, this will, uh, you know, every fucking time, an establishing scene with Estelle, she's sitting with a new group of people with that fucking baby book out. <laughs> yeah, and it's, uh, it's, so there's something that kind of disturbed me about this movie, and I don't think it would fly today, I don't know why it flew in 1992, I guess it didn't. This is a piece of shit movie. Uh, <laughs> when people are coming off the plane in that scene, mm-hmm. there there are a couple of stewardesses who are like saying, hey, you looked real good in those diapers, real sexy in those diapers. That's the exact quote. I, it, that's you, the exact you looked, quote. You looked real sexy in those diapers. Uh, and it's meant to be a joke, you know, just about his mom showing his baby photos. But these women are are actively turned on by it. And then later in the movie, that's how they're playing it. Yes. It is absolutely how they're playing. I it. They're, think, they're like, I think in the maybe script I want to go on a date with this guy. I think in the script is supposed to be written as irony. Like they're teasing him, but the way the actress delivered it, it was sultry and like a praise with appraising eyes. And I'm like, Holy fuck. Yes. Which will become important later weird. in the movie. And later in the movie, there's another like, a borderline pedophilia incest joke that I really don't like. What's uh, the, her mom is sit, so his mom is sitting down with uh, the lieutenant, uh-huh. and she's showing her photos, and she says, "Hey, look at this one, only nine years old, and already you can see he's going to have very oh, nice God, equipment." Yes, and and yes. Then she's like, "Oh, what? what? Uh, I didn't notice the equipment." And she's like, "Oh, don't be embarrassed. I'm an old lady, but I'm still a woman." I'm right. still a woman. You're looking That's... at pictures of your nine-year-old son. Yeah, what this? What in Boardwalk Empire is going on here? This is not. <laughs> this is fucked up. What you want to hear from your mom, man? To like, you know, trust me, honey. He's good. I've test driven it. Ah, like, right? That, that, so there are so many disturbing reasons why this is disturbing. A, and, and this is these. This is the mom in the script you changed to be more appealing. Okay, <laughs> right, 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 right. She was gonna curse during it or something. Uh. There's many reasons why this is offensive. I just want to know how she has a comparison point or or enough comparison points to know that this nine year old is going to grow up to have very nice equipment. I mean, how many nine year old dicks has this lady seen and then seen the men that they've turned into and seen their dicks for comparison? That's true. This is true. (laughs) I think this is her only son. So she's got a set size of one. Uh huh. You know? I I don't know, man. I there's something weirdly horny in a in a really strange way. Like, nope, you've got there's, it. There's another shot in this movie that really disturbed me too, and I don't know whether this was Sly showing off, or if this is like the director is saying, "Hey, we've got this muscle guy in here. We need to do this." Okay, now I know because there's shot. one of three scenes I thought you might be talking about, but now I know exactly what scene you're talking about. It's uh, Sly's mom wakes him up cleaning his house at like three in the morning mm-hmm. uh and he's in bed and he's like tossing and turning and he's he's just racked by uh just he, he can't believe she's cleaning and it, there's a point where he gets up on all fours in his bed and sticks his they're not tidy whiteies because they're not white but they're tidy briefs the, they're, sticks they're his designer ass, like, right it's designer into the underwear. camera it's designer underwear. It's like Marty McFly shit. Sure, it's like Calvin Klein. Yeah, yeah whatever. Uh-huh. Uh, and he sticks his ass like right in the camera for a good thirty seconds. It's it's and, head down, ass up, legs uh-huh. slightly, knees apart. Like he's getting who's, ready. 
who who has ever been in this position who isn't getting ready I in their own bed? Like, this is not a position you take when you're this like, is, okay, God, I okay. can't believe I can't sleep if, right now. If you are warming up for a yoga routine and you're doing downward facing dog, uh-huh. this is the only time in, 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 in human life that you will get in this position. Or if you're getting up from getting knocked at your ass down on a football field or something, it's the only time you'll ever roll into this type of position. But even then, I don't rarely do people put their shoulders that flat against the bed. I mean, it's like I said, it's. And then he wakes up, he gets in the shower and his mom just busts in the bathroom. Ah, I haven't got anything I haven't seen before. And and his ass is just hanging out in the in the shower the entire time. It's a good long scene, too. I feel like I've had that said to me by family members when I was going through puberty. Like I, I was aghast at people coming in, to, uh, you know, not, not, you know, it's coming into a changing room or whatever at the pool. And, and you know, the whole like, yeah, I'm, and I'm like, what the fuck? I'm pretty sure. I mean, I have mm-hmm. lived through the change in geography, Aunt Lisa. Yes. No, you have not. <laughs> I have you have not seen any of this shit. OK, uh, please, yeah. like, stop women. Moms and aunts of America, grandmas too, you're on notice. <laughs> Don't do this shit. It's creepy and weird. Yeah, and they really write it as such in this movie. I, I was yeah. really icked out by yeah. big sections of this movie. Yeah. Um. Man, Uh. there's a lot of weird... I don't know. Um. Oh, here's a, a random note because we're, we're moving through the first part of this movie. Did you recognize the reporter on scene... At the suicide jumper incident. The back of my mind said there's something familiar about her, but I did not look it up. She is part of the Starfleet's medical personnel. She's Dr. Crusher's assistant, Nurse Agawa. On the next generation. All right. Patty Yasutaki. Nice. Uh, I thought that was kind of funny. But yeah. Um, you mentioned the, the like the broad humor. So here's the type of broad humor. Estelle's got like all these um, bags that she's packed and you successfully find out what they're for. Like one of them is stocked full of Jesus. What is it? It's canned cans of pineapple cans of pineapple because when he's a little boy, he loved eating pineapple. And, uh, you know, so she's got one, you know, she's she's loaded his favorite tree because she doesn't understand that you, you know, you you can you you can get pineapple in California. It's not just in Jersey. Uh, mm-hmm. The other suitcase is full of industrial strength cleaning products, like Comet mm-hmm. cleanser, bleach, ammonia, various scrub brushes, uh, Brillo pads, copper Brillo pads. And she finds Stallone's gun and decides it's too dirty and oily. So she takes it, she field strips it and brillows it. Which it's like, and again, like all these were treated with like, like laugh moments. Like when she unzips the thing, it's just loaded full of like all this cleaning equipment. And she's like, oh, where I wonder where the bullets are. And she's like, point this you freaking me out. She points the fucking barrel right mm-hmm. at her face. And I, I thought the humor in this movie is the Estelle, like that. Stallone's a chip off the block that she's like going to be a hard drinking, hard smoking, hard. So like a Betty Davis type, not Betty Davis, mm. Betty White type, you know, innocent grandma, but swears a lot. And she's a dead shot with a gun. Mm. It turns out that no, her his mom is just completely incapable of being anything but a mom. I guess she is does put some some crime stuff together, but mm. she washes this. And that's 
it's I, again it's just dumb but it does set the the plot in motion and this is where i guess this guy being a famous script writing doctor makes sense because i think this movie is very structurally sound everything fucking connects it's yeah. just the yeah. set pieces are unfathomably stupid yeah they're they're silly they're lifeless they're not funny <laughs> Yeah, it's like, oh, yeah. what's the funny thing about your mom coming? Although, I swear to God, if my parents ever came home and started cleaning my house, mm-hmm. that's some that's some mortifying shit, right? Like, either your house is filthy and you shouldn't yeah. be living that way, or what's probably more likely, your parents are a bit over-fucking-bearing, but... Yeah, I mean, that's what the joke is this entire movie. That's the one right. joke is overbearing. But that, that sets uh-huh. up the gun cleaning. The gun cleaning uh-huh. sets up the fact that she's got to go buy a gun. It's out in California. So there's a 14 day cooling off period. But there's a friend. There's a friendly biker dude that's ready to set up an open air weapons emporium in the alleys of L.A. Uh, to sell her a gun. Which mm-hmm. do you Turns do you think that actually ha- does that actually happen in California? If you want to buy a gun today, do you go into a gun store and be like, I want to buy a gun today. I want to buy your biggest gun today for my son, the hero cop. And like, uh-huh. oh, ma'am, I'd love to. But we live in Biden's America and you're going to have to wait 21 mm-hmm. days and get triplicate this and the ATF stamp that. And you walk out dejected and some dude in an unmarked van just like, hey, I hear you want to buy a gun today. <laughs> Let me introduce you to the private gun sales loophole. Do you think I I kind of think yeah, that might happen I, in places I, like I, California? I, that seemed one of the most realistic scenarios in this entire movie to me. <laughs> our yeah. LA, our LA living producer is giggling at this, so maybe not. But how would you well, know? How many how gun stores you have guns? you tried to show yeah. up with and try to buy a large caliber firearm? See, I, I've lived in Indiana and Ohio all my life, where I could throw a rock out my window and hit a gun store and <laughs> cash yep. and carry, baby. Uh, I'm uh, yeah, happy so, to sell you his Mac 10 out of the back of his van. <laughs> exactly. No, out of the front of his store. He don't give a fuck. <laughs> Fair. So I think it's like I was like, I wonder if that is like there is this thriving secondhand gun or these people are just like vulturing people to want to buy guns right right here, right yeah, now. Yeah, I mean it makes Probably sense, not. right? It's an opportunity. It's a way to draw up clients. Like they're finding leads. It's you true. hear somebody like disappointed they can't get a gun in in a day or two. It's like and ambulance chasing lawyers. Home. And, and, and there's also the like, there's the implication if you're Dennis from Always Sunny, right? Mm. There's the implication. I'm approaching you to buy a gun. You better fucking buy a gun. True. Because look at all right? these guns I've got. Yeah. And it's, the one you're, like it's, you're handling is not loaded, but I guarantee you I have one that is. I feel like it's the concept of an ambulance chasing lawyer that like. Yep. You're not supposed to do it, and it's against the law, and it's against the pri- the the ethics of the situation. If you get caught, you you might get in trouble. But like people are going, people are going to do it. And there's there's all oh, kinds of sure. supposed laws about how you can advertise yourself as a lawyer, but there's no fucking way every billboard I see in town of a lawyer wearing a rocky robe with his hand yeah. his gloves and hand punching the out hammer. an insurance aid there's no <laughs> yeah the ham there's no fucking way that can comply with the laws i've seen as as written by the state bar associations so it it yeah. happens i think i think there must there must be uh our producer is confirming there's currently a 10-day waiting period to buy a gun in california it's gone down since 92 unbelievable apparently um thanks w uh where else do we want to go? Oh, 
One of the scenes I laughed really hard at, and it's really stupid, but Stallone is recounting to his partner. His partner is getting like a big cop breakfast, you know, you know, danishes and 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 uh, donuts and coffee. And he's offering the Schwartz or not Schwartz and Stallone. Stallone takes a bo- bottle of Pepto off the guy and starts guzzling it. And he's mm-hmm. like, what did you have for breakfast? And he's like, you know, starts off a reason, something reasonable. Like I had some fruit and uh, you know, I had some coffee and uh and he keeps going on. He's like, oh, you know, uh, hash browns, three eggs, bacon, pancakes. Uh, and he just keeps on going on and on. And it's like, oh, his mother. It's like, oh, you're too skinny. You need to eat. But he's delivering this like with his best. This is the best acting he does in the whole movie. Like there's, he gets this thousand yard stare. And he's just kind of like, it looks mm-hmm. like a Vietnam War veteran recounting a particularly bad village incident. And it's just really fucking funny. And the soundtrack is very somber and serious. Uh, It's my favorite part of the movie, I think. Stallone is not the problem with this movie. Uh, It's it's the script through and through. I think Stallone does what he can in this movie. I think uh, in a better movie, Estelle Getty would be awesome because she is kind of awesome. Mm hmm. It's it's just they're let down by the the writing. I don't even think the directing is particularly bad. I mean, you could say like, well, the director should have gotten more out of them. Uh, should have used the script yeah. a little bit, but it's the script. It's bad. It's ju- yeah. it's just too one note. It's generic. It's just like it's the laziest follow on from a premise that I've ever seen. You say that about the directing, but I think there's ample evidence that there was not very many fucks given. There's this one scene oh, yeah. that particularly I, I found entertaining where there's this kind of long take where the director's trying to do something arty. And it's, he's got Estelle and uh, Sly sitting at a picnic table at a park. And they're having this like heart to heart. OK, about, uh, you know, uh, I, I, I don't know. She's, she's talking to her dog and like, don't worry. Well, I'll get you. I'm cooking a hamburger soon. And they're talking about fast food. Not and then the, and the camera slowly like panning 90 degrees around them in a circular pattern. And it's a like, long take. It's like a minute long take. Sly and Estelle both blow a line. And it's in the movie. Like Estelle really? says something along like, uh, well, you know how my dog only likes. What she only likes, like she 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 flubs the line and then restarts it, and it stays in there. Same te- take, uh, because they're talking about how Estelle had just really get put the screws to the other sergeant. That's kind of the rival to Sloan at the thing, and he's supposed to say, "You really blew him away," and he goes, "You blew away." And it is keep rolling (laughs) and that shit's in the movie. So like, I think Hmm. it's like after the sixth time that they tried to do this one or one minute, one or with the camera move, they're like, that is that fucking good enough. All right, print, let's move on. (laughs) So I don't, I don't know. He did get this, this, uh, this, uh, uh, spotless wood did get a hell of a performance out of the litany of breakfast from Stallone though. Sure. Uh, our producer was also throwing some information about uh, Alan Silvestri into our chat. Uh, I find it interesting Alan Silvestri is credited with this movie because Alan Silvestri has done some really good stuff. It's not like he can't make music. He's made, he scored countless high profile, very well scored films. Uh, he was a composer on Super Mario Brothers, for instance. Uh, no, he, he was, but it's uh, yeah, it's not an example. 
No, but like uh, Back to the Future 2 and Predator and just like from there it just goes it goes on and on a bunch uh, of mar like a bunch of marvel stuff like a marvel lot of the Aven- like the avengers theme you know castaway i mean he he does very good very serious work it's not like he's right. bad uh he must have phoned this in or or here's an alternative i know hans zimmer has like a a music composition studio right he's when you hire hans zimmer you're not just hiring hans zimmer you're hiring sure his group of composers and people that he's trained and understudies and interns. Sure. This had to be done by an Alan Silvestri intern, right? Like Alan Silvestri has a music studio and he just said, Hey, Billy, go make some music for this movie. I don't have time. I'm doing something bigger and better. Probably. I'm or doing, volcano. I'm going to vote. I don't know. I'm going to drink a fifth of vodka and I'm just going to go. I'm just going to this is 90 minutes long. I'm just going to bang this thing out. I'm going to use every style that I'm curious about. <laughs> I'm going to do weird jazz flute. Yeah, this could have been an experiment. I mean, he did seven movies this year. Damn. Seven movies in 1992. He did The Bodyguard, which I think is That's, well respected. Yep. Excellent soundtrack. I don't know about the, the orchestration, but sure. <laughs> He did Fern Gully, The Last Rainforest. I don't know if that's good. I've never seen it. Never but seen he it. also did some real uh, shitty ones like Stop My Mom Will Shoot. He did Sidekicks. I don't know if you're familiar with this. this oh, is a Chuck that Norris. Was the, yeah, like uh, Kid Ninja movie. Yep, Kid Ninja stuff. Yeah, it's uh, that's got to be a bad movie. I can't recall seeing it, but yeah, Super Mario Brothers he was warming up for the next year. Cop and a Half, Burt Reynolds' uh, kid comedy movie. It's, oh, wow. Yeah, the early 90s were not like his high point, although he did Forrest Gump just two years later. Yeah, so yeah. I don't know. The, the guy's got a long and storied career. Uh, you talked about our uh, Stallone with the face down ass up uh, business with the underwear. Oh, not too yeah. long after that, he has a whole bunch of disturbing things where his mom, he she witnesses this crime and she. He tells the detective assigned to it a whole bunch of pack of lies so he will be uh-huh. unable to solve the crime and to, to hold the truth back to Stallone. And he's, of course, horrified by that. And he's also horrified to find that she has told the lieutenant that he has secret feelings for her and all this other crap. And he's like, you know, I don't want you to fit. I don't I don't want to get a promotion. I like being a sergeant. I want a desk job. I, I like being single and living how I like to live and all this stuff. And he that night he goes to bed and he has this dream where he is in a hostage standoff situation and his mom comes in and starts fucking everything up. And that's all it's it's he's been filmed up the whole scene from the waist up. They then go to a, a long shot and he's standing there with his corduroy jacket and his blue shirt mm-hmm. and he's wearing an adult. He's wearing a no, not an adult diaper. He's wearing mm-hmm. like a baby Huey diaper. Well, it's like cartoon elab- diapers. Yeah. Elaborate cloth diaper with an enormous knob. What is it with uh, what is it with Stallone and the novelty giant shit? Like he's just, <laughs> just he loves prop comedy. He's like the carrot top of badasses. But he's got yeah. these enormous yeah. novelty safety pin running through it. And he starts saying, wah, and mom, and no, mommy, no, I don't want to be changed. And he starts uh, firing his gun wildly in the air <laughs> while he's. Yeah. It's a dream, obviously. Uh, 
there's got to be like several dozen people who've seen this and that's launched fetishes uh, because Stallone's got nice legs and I think he's a handsome guy. I was going to ask you on a scale of one to ten, how sexy did he look in those diapers? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you know, it's got to be said. It's not it's not my thing. It's like watching uh, a Tarantino film. Like, I'm not in the feet, but this guy. Thing. This guy's really into it, and he's he's doing a great job of. I felt the same way. It's like I'm not into diapers, but whoever's filming this is kind of into diapers. No fucking way. No fucking way. They're not. This shouldn't be. This shouldn't be a thing. This is real achy. Yeah, yeah. And again, I'm thinking, how do you read this script and think I'm I I want to be the man in this shot. I want to be because like even this setting where it's like. It's kind of baseline humiliating that you've got this mother who just completely runs roughshod over you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess it's like in a masculine accepted way to have a mom kind of henpeck you and all that kind of stuff. But I, I don't know. It's the whole movie is just a bad look for him. Yeah. And I mean, they're they're trying to make uh, get a lot of mileage out of the fact that she's this tiny old woman and he is this buff uh, prime of his life, dude. And. In, in like a twins kind of way, right? Yeah. Where like you've uh-huh. got the, the juxtaposition con- of, of those two. Yeah. Odd and couple. I I mean, I guess, I guess that can work, but that can't be the only thing you're doing. And it really is. It just shocks me like looking at what you could get made in the 90s. Seems like it really any, like if you came up with a premise that an executive chuckled at for half a second, they would green light it and you'd be on your way to a career writing shitty movies just like this for the next 10 years until people wise up, wisened up and said, eh, actually these movies suck and we're going to stop making them. Yeah. I, and I don't even know if it, it was that complicated. Like they're reading the script and got to page six and like, Oh, there's a suicide jumper. That's funny. I think it's like, Arnold made mm-hmm. Kindergarten Cop in 1990 and they're like, all the, yeah. all the action films are going family friendly. Yep. We got to get we got to get this. Uh, we got we got to option this. We got. Oh, we got stuff off of Two Golden Girls. Baby. Let's let's get that in there. Let's get Burt Reynolds to do something. Let's do, let's get Arnold you can to do see five it, right? more Like how fucking like yeah. in creative ruts that, you know, and, and genre stuff that. Uh, yeah, Not that we aren't in, in one right now. I mean, right, the, the superhero club yeah. we're in, but zombies before that. We'll be right back with more bald move after this brief pause. And now back with more bald move. I think uh, there's also just like I. So Stallone has his rivalry with the other detective uh, and his detective is kind of a piece of shit. Uh, it's funny because mm-hmm. like he's doing this kind of like pretty played out even for the early 90s, like broad sexism and kind of like saying a bunch of shit about the lieutenant. And Stallone's like, oh, you know, uh, you should be more respectful. And I'm like, who the fuck is this Stallone? Because this is not the shit that I've seen seen him in. And I'm thinking, like, I wonder Mm -hmm. if he's, like, trying to conscientiously turn over a new leaf. But then you find out that this is his girlfriend. He can't say anything publicly. So, like, that that fucking Mm -hmm. makes sense. Um, But this guy, I don't want to defend him. But at some point, he finds out that his mom has been lying to him. And... He gets pretty stern about it, as as you would as a cop. And Stallone's like, hey, it's my mom. Back to fuck off. And the guy keeps on needling. And, and Stallone's response is to pick up his grown-ass male co-worker, take him into the toilet, force his head into the bowl, and give him a swirly. Mm-hmm. 
Can you imagine giving another adult human being a swirly? And the yeah. way they play this, when he comes out of the bathroom, his head is just soaked in toilet water, his top of his suit, and he comes up to the lieutenant. He's like, Lieutenant, I want to fight. He's he's like he's like using the the I changed my diaper, mommy voice, and it's just so biz- mm-hmm. so many bizarre choices. And yeah. again, like I didn't feel good for Stallone. I felt bad for the guy. It's just it's just I don't know. It's just so many unforced forced errors. Yeah, I'm trying to think of a time when I genuinely laughed in this movie. I think it might have been the jumper scene at the very tail end of it because the the jumper decides he's going inside. He like I guess he kind of feels bad for Stallone cuz his mom's down there haranguing him yeah. from the bullhorn. Uh-huh. And by the end of that scene the jumper has gone inside. The news reporters have shown up and they've pointed a camera up at the ledge and Stallone's the only one left standing out there so they report it as if he is the jumper. Uh-huh. Uh and maybe at that point he's ready to jump. I don't know, given his mom's haranguing. But yeah, I, I found that slightly comedic. I actually, no at that jumper scene, I was actually entertaining the thought that maybe this movie's better than I remember. And the fact that, like, it's young Stallone and kind of like a comically bad but in mystery science theater way no mm-hmm. that's not the case like this movie peaks no. early and, and that's it every scene is going to be about him doing bog standard police work his mom coming in there and fucking it all up but also magically not also everything she does is another clue into this fucking gun running which i don't i don't even i mm-hmm. i don't understand i don't understand there was a warehouse fire uh-huh. That's supposed to destroy all these guns, but it all made them untraceable and they're moving all these supposedly burnt. I, I don't like I said, I. Yeah, so well, the guns were never burnt. So so what I get from this whole scenario is there was a warehouse full of guns. They took the guns out. They burnt down the warehouse. They collected the insurance money and they still had the guns. It's like the Pappy Van Winkle plot from Justified. Do you remember okay, that? Okay, I don't remember it, no. They burnt down the Pappy Van Winkle factory, but kept a bunch of cases for themselves. So. Nice. Yeah. Smart. It's good thinking. It's, uh, it's a Boyd family. Uh, but but these guns are illegal, right? Yes. So how did the warehouse have a bunch of illegal guns in it, and they were covered by insurance? So this might be because, like, this is right around the time the assault weapons ban went into effect. And also there's a 1987. I don't believe the automatic weapons were illegal federally until 1987. In fact, they're not technically illegal. You can buy a weapon manufactured previous to 1987. You have to uh, get like Mm -hmm. a $200 stamp from the ATF and it's a notoriously difficult process. And then you have to buy, you end up Mm -hmm. spending like $10,000 for a 40 year old machine gun. Uh, but you can do it. But I think that might be the something here to that. Like if you knew the gun politics of the era, it would uh, okay. like, oh, this this is I, I get it. This the, the the flow of legal guns is about to stop. So this is a way to cha- turn a whole bunch of illegal guns into untraceable. I don't know. I will admit to slightly tuning out to the main plot of this movie somewhere near but the 40 minute mark. But, but you're right. It's not question- like. It's not like a handgun where it's like, oh, you've got an unlicensed handgun. You take an Uzi out, like a, a uh-huh. cop sees an Uzi in a trunk, you're you're fucked. <laughs> yeah, totally. Unless you yeah. ca- unless you unless you're like a fu- fucking gun dealer with a federal firearms license, or you know, have the the ATF, you're probably going to jail. Yeah, so I lost track of the plot about the time where Sly and his mom go to the 
house of one of the guys who sold her the gun out of the back of the truck and and these bankers these business people are there like beating up his girlfriend to try and get his location from her uh i i kind of stopped paying attention to the main plot what is their plan with these guns there so they took the guns out of the warehouse they were going to load them on a train to fly to another country just just to leave with their guns or to go sell them or i don't know i don't because like they were definitely trying to get them loaded play. onto a plane and get them to another but yeah i don't i, I, I don't, don't know. know what the end game for their plan is it was just seemed like a like a way to get out of the country with a bunch of guns yeah well you i mean that's guns you can't spend weapon. guns Weapon trafficking 101, I guess. It's also, this is also sure, around sure. the fall of the Soviet Union. So it wasn't, I, but I feel like that would leave, that have a bunch of guns coming out of Europe into like um, the Americas and the Africa yeah, and yeah. Asia, not like reversing the flow somehow. I mean, there might be some lines in here. Like I said, I stopped paying attention to the main plot. Yeah. I was more writing down the things that I did not like about this movie Same. at that point. Um, what did you think of Stallone with a chocolate milk mustache? Oh, Jesus. Yeah. But I get it didn't... it. They're trying to infantilize him. They're trying to make him yeah. seem like that kid who was back in his mom's house, you know, 40 years ago before his dad died or whatever. But like, wow. Yeah. What what are the what is the name of these people? They're uh, Bomowski. Bomowski, because like they had this the the biker that sold her, you know, that was the initial arms connect is there to like you know close this loose end and and uh, Estelle beats him with a, a cast iron pan, knocks him unconscious, uh, and then <laughs> twice. It's, it's, twice twice it's got in this, the span of an hour that's got to do some this damage. man has got neurological <laughs> damage for sure uh-huh. uh she sits him at the kitchen table and like you know he's uh uh i think ice in his wound his boo-boo and i forget that slide gotten hurt doing something too and he, she's got him she's he's like drinking orange juice slides drinking chocolate milk and they're calling him you know it's a this the the feeling is like estelle as the mom has caught ralphie and uh fucking what the 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 coonskin cap wearing bully i forget the guy's name uh scott 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 farkas right and she's caught them in the throes of fighting and sat them down at the kitchen table and is tending to their wounds and giving them snacks and making sure the boys are playing nice but stallone's just got this he's drinking his glass of chocolate milk and he's got a chocolate milk mustache throughout the whole scene he wipes it off like two times and keeps coming back and like when I say chocolate milk mustache, you probably have an idea of what a chocolate milk mustache might look like. I don't know what the fuck. It's like someone took a, a fine scroll brush with some Hershey syrup and tried to draw a mustache on his lip, but gave up halfway through. It's terrible. It's I think just I think they were really concerned about what this was going to look like on a VHS tape because this feels almost like a straight to VHS movie. So they were like, it was not just give this man. I, I know, I know, but it should have been. Mm-hmm. It, it, we were, they were like, we cannot give this man a real milk mustache because he won't be able to see it very well because cho- chocolate milk is not a very dark substance. So True. they went full Hershey syrup and it looks bizarre. It looks mm-hmm. like he's been eating messily eating a candy bar. 
Yeah, because it's not it's not a like it's not like a uniform covering. It's like a spider webbing of. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's it's kind of gross, honestly. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's distracting. That's the story of this movie, kind of gross. <laughs> oh man. Um, oh, the other thing. So I talk about <laughs> Stallone and Estelle both blub, uh, flubbing their lines in that picnic scene, but the this the expression on Stallone's face at the tail end of this scene, like I'm not sure if he's trying to stop from laughing. Or he's like genuinely like they've been filming this thing 30 times and he's genuinely irritated that he blew a line and then Estella blew a line and he thinks he's going to have to do it next. But like the look on his face as there's like (laughs) either he's trying to keep himself from pissing laughing or he's trying to hide how much he hates Estelle. It's like this. Yeah. In this maniacal look on his face, if you guys if, are, have the misfortune mm-hmm. of going through, and I don't, as far as I can tell, you can't watch this for free anywhere. You're going to have to shell out four bucks for it. I don't recommend it. But if you do, definitely look at that scene. There's so much stuff to discover. Um, <laughs> oh, and, and this, oh, go ahead. I, I was going to talk about the pacing a little bit, but but maybe you have something a little more uh, on track with what we've been talking about. Not really. Yeah, let's go pacing. Okay. Uh, let's talk about this, because this movie... This feels like they got to the end of filming and said, man, we have like 14 dailies and that's it. We're going to have to use every ounce <laughs> of film stock that we shot to, mm-hmm. to scrape together a movie. And it's still only going to be an hour 10. We need to film we, quick. Get get William Osborne on the horn here. We're going to write up another 15 minutes of this movie because we just don't have it, boys. We didn't get it. We didn't get a feature length film here. I'm sorry. Uh, cause there are like six <laughs> endings to this movie. One of which is right before that chocolate milk mustache. Very scene. return of the King. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, where I thought it was all resolved. I, you know, I forgot the love story, right? No, no, right. no, that was, that was when the love story resolves. So the love story resolves, mm-hmm. like she, she's sent a bunch of, uh, roses Estelle Getty has to the Lieutenant. Uh, Rocky comes in and says, fuck I didn't send those roses she gets all pissed off he goes to his mom they have this conversation he goes back to her uh, back to the office he's like woe is me they bond over a couple of drinks and he says you know what he's been thinking oh I should have I should have sent the roses right because you're special whatever I gotta grab you with both hands Uh Uh, and then the movie the movie has ended the movie because I like I said I lost track of the main plot I didn't care about it the -hmm. movie in my mind has ended the situation is resolved his mom uh, he's happy that his mom is here, right? Mm. This is the natural emotional end to the film. And then they go to the chocolate milk mustaches. The The dude just shows up at his house. He's right. like, well, to you're the cop the who saved my girlfriend, so I think you would help me out. And then we go to, like, all the airplane stuff. Yeah. And then he he defeats the bad guy on the runway at the Ventura Strip, and the movie should end there. But it doesn't. There's another guy at the airport who is now on America's Most Wanted who is going to wave a gun maniacally in the airport and Stallone has to tackle him and then the movie will finally end. And the really puzzling thing is, is apparently there's a 10 minute long action sequence involving a garbage truck that he commandeers and crashes through an art gallery that they cut entirely. What? So like... 
How bad was Presumably, that Presumably, this <laughs> oh, is the thing that prompted them to do some more of this. What? Because, what, like, there's no... That, that end of the movie feels extremely tacked on. Um, oh, yeah. I, I felt like Sly's girlfriend has a different hairstyle. This was, like, definitely reshoots of, like, shit, we only have 77 minutes of runtime. Let's let's film a couple more scenes, boys. Let's let's pad out a couple more set pieces. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like why, why, if it wasn't working on the page, why would you shoot it? If you shot it, uh, why wouldn't you put it in the film? Maybe it just didn't look convincing. They didn't have the budget for it. It must not have. It must've been a garbage fire. This is pre CGI. How can you fuck up driving a garbage truck through an art gallery? Like you're actually driving a garbage truck through what with, uh, you know, fairly cheap set dressing can be an art gallery. How do you fuck that up? I don't know, man. If if these people deemed it not worthy of this movie, I shudder to think what that scene was like. No kidding. Speaking of trucks, I thought for sure. Did you think that his uh, when he when he commandeers that uh, semi cab and he takes after the the plane? Yep. Yep. Did you think that was a over the top reference? Oh, he's going over the top on this plane. I, that That's was the a first hauler. thing I thought. Uh-huh. That's that's a hawk hauler. The thing is, it's it's not. It looks like it, but it's sure. not the same makeup truck, and it's got like a sleeper cab. But that's clear what they're going for, and you could get you could actually get the the hawk hauler because you can. They did in other movies, right? We I forget which movie was it. <laughs> was too, it the yeah. Wizard that it that it showed up in? I, I think I think so. Yeah. It was available for hire. Why not just get the Hawk Holler? Did they like, hey, if you want the Hawk Holler, it's uh, it's the most famous truck in Hollywood. It's going to be, uh, you know, 20, 30 grand a day. And they're like, yeah, fuck you. We're just going to get a Peterbilt. We're getting a rusty Peterbilt. Yeah. Like, well, did someone, did they big time the prop truck? Maybe. Maybe. Oh, God. It's still, I actually read an article. It's still out in California somewhere. Like, people regularly yeah, go, there's like. It's, it's like, all it's yeah, like it's like it's just down to its frame, but it's still got the logo on it and you can go and take a picture of it if you want. It's just on the side of the road somewhere. There's I a whole website have... of people who are tracking because because they use multiple trucks in those scenes and they were tracking yeah. each of those trucks as right. they kind of made there their was way like through three... people's private collections. Right. There's and... the hero truck. There was yep. a stunt truck. There was. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was I... fascinated by that. I did that research during the wizard. I was like, I can't believe people care this much about over the tops truck. There's things but, that are like that. Like people do the same uh-huh. thing with like the the Night Rider cars, like the production Night Riders, oh, yeah. and the Trans Ams and whatnot, and, and even like the, the reproduction uh, DeLoreans. Like they know mm. where everybody who's built a reproduction DeLorean time machine, they mm-hmm. know where all those things are, and they love them. You have to register. They're actually more tightly controlled than the machine guns. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Because <laughs> they're actually time traveling devices. Uh huh. They have to. You I, have to have them registered. The other thing uh, about this whole scene where he chases down a plane with a truck is this plane looks like Baloo should be piloting it. This looks like a fucking tailspin cargo hauler. You're not wrong. I've never seen like a more. What do you even call this? Beer bellied plane than this thing. So this is like a Korean War era. I think it's a C-177. Turbo wow. two, two turbo prop twin uh, 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 tail. So it is very much blue out of tailspin. OK. 
And it, apparently that so once they got the 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 new uh you know the the Air Force and Army got their new cargo uh haulers in the 60s and 70s they started phasing these out and gave them away to a lot of like civilian agencies. I guess they were really popular for like dropping water and and foam on forest fires. But in these roles right. that they were they were considered underpowered. So they strapped a jet pod to the top of the plane. And that's exactly it, it looks like something out of Mythbusters. We got this twin turboprop <laughs> thing. And then there's just like a 1960s era, like 727 fucking jet humpbacked onto it. Like there's this big fin and there's a rocket pod what on the top of it that they, that they can kick in for extra thrust. It is. It's this Frank because I saw it right away. I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck is that? I've never yeah. seen something. That, I've seen seaplanes that have shit like that before, but I've never uh-huh. seen. Oh, man, it's wild. Yeah. And I love the way he takes it down, too. He's in this truck. He's chasing it down the runway. And I'm thinking, OK, he's going to do like a diehard thing. He's going to he's going to jump from his truck to the landing gear and climb into the plane and take mm-hmm. out the pilot and the bad guys mm-hmm. and land this thing. No. What he decides to do is he's going to. Keep in mind, his mom is in the back of this with crates full of heavy machine guns. No mm-hmm. seat belt. She's just hanging out there in the open. And he decides, I'm going to take out the wheels of this plane as it's driving down the track at probably 80 miles an hour. He uses every part of the truck to take this thing out because then he drives he drives the front of the truck right into the prop of this plane and it just chews up his entire front end, his his <laughs> engine, everything. Uh-huh. And he manages to take it out, but he's I, I just couldn't believe he was going to crash this plane with his mom in it. That's all gas, no brakes on the Sly Stallone train, man. It's bonkers. <laughs> What's he going to do? It. What's he going to do? Let him take off safely? No, 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 no. It's like if. Oh, if, I mean, uh, he can't let him take off, but he could. Right. He could be on that plane. He could just climb into it. I've seen it done. True. True. Uh, you mentioned the tacked on ending where they're at the airport and he's sitting in her home um, and his mom recognizes this guy off Americans. Amer- America's most wanted. And it leads this, you know, brief chase, takes up another couple minutes of the film's time. Uh, Stallone knocks the guy down. He's because uh, this guy eventually pulls a gun, starts waving around. He chases him down, knocks him down, subdues him, cuffs him. And Estelle waddles up and says, oh, I remember what he did, Joey. This is the man that shot his mother. Mm-hmm. And Stallone's look, they do the, the classic like sitcom freeze frame on his reaction at the end. His mm-hmm. fucking face. I, 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 mean, I don't he, know. He's, he's thinking, I'm not sure if this is a crime, I guess. I, <laughs> I don't like, know. Should I arrest yeah, this man? That's the I'm thing, not certain. Like that, yeah, that's the, the look. is like, hey, brother, I can't see what you're coming from. But like, it's, right. yeah. But I in a movie know, that been... has been that joke the entire time, yeah. ending on that note is just a big wet fart of an ending. It almost feels it. like a, a scene you film for the trailer. Because it's so on the yeah. nose and so like this is, and the then you theme cut it from the trailer then, anyway, right? You realize right. it sucks because you have so many great scenes that you can leave some on the cutting <laughs> right. room floor. This movie is not lean and mean. It's gone beyond lean. It's skinny and pissed. This movie, uh, <laughs> and that's what it felt like. To, that's what it felt like to watch it. It's just a hate. It's just a hateful picture. It's someone that doesn't like Stallone, <laughs> namely Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. Uh, it's just so. So lazy. It's so lazy. It's like we heard a premise and we've got money. We know it's going to make money if we can get a big star in it. So we really don't care. Let's just 
throw it out there and have people have it make 70 million bucks in the box office, I guess. Yeah. Um, I did want to mention that this is part like this is kind of, uh, you know, Dr. DeVito gave us a nice little present in the form of revisiting our badass series out of season. Badass season uh, starts usually kicks off July 4th weekend. Um, We are going to work. We're working on something special. Um, If this doesn't happen, don't be mad at me. But we're trying to work out something with our local theater to rent it out. And we want to show uh, not God. I always forget. It's (laughs) total recall. Thank you. The Arnold Schwarzenegger Total Recall. We want to book this thing for the movie and for two hours afterwards because we're going to record our badass, our, one, our, our, our kickoff badass podcast. And our intention is to invite bald movers out to come see it. Uh, it's going to be one of the last two weekends of June, probably, is what we're trying to target. Uh, it's going to happen here in Cincinnati uh, at the Oakley um, uh, Cinemark is where it would most likely go down. And uh, we should be getting, in, in, in a month or two, we should be able to firm up these and, and make an announcement. But if you want to kind of like circle those two weekends on your calendar, if you want to do a little pilgrimage to Cincinnati, uh, take the kids out to Kings Island. Uh, I might even, I haven't even thinking about organizing like a bald move day and the following Saturday uh, to do, hmm. to do like a Kings Island outing. Um, but yeah, if you're, if you're a, a badass fan or just a fan of our podcast, well, I want to watch, uh, twitter.com slash bald move for more more news on that front uh i don't have anything else to say i am really excited about a slate of badass movies and uh, just the, the general badass celebration in july that's going to be a lot of fun uh massive props to dr devito for commissioning this podcast giving us a little wintertime badass boost Mm-hmm. And if you would like to commission your podcast, because clearly you can do whatever the fuck you want. You can do a Super Bowl. You can do the worst alone movie ever made. You can do you can do actually good stuff too. Uh, go to support.baldmove.com and click on the option for commissioning a podcast. I'll tell you how much you got to pay, uh, how to do it. And then we will contact you and take it from there to make your very own custom podcast for your very own custom media. Support.baldmove.com. If you want to find out, more again well one last time thanks dr devito for commissioning stop or my mom will shoot until the next time we darken your podcast door i'm aaron and i'm jim see ya